Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Kasman. With me this week is Joe Lupton. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Joe. How are you doing? Hanging in there. That's good to hear. So um, I guess the question is, where do we go into this? It's an interesting uh, week because it has a combination of some dynamics that are clearly showing signs of softness, which is particularly the manufacturing sector globally. Um, but I think the overall message continues to be one of resilient global growth that is causing problems for central bankers, particularly the Fed. So I'm going to just ask you what you think, you know, is the most important lesson you learned from this week's uh, data, and, and we'll take it from there. Well, it's it's hard not to say today's news on the on the labor market is isn't the most important. Where you've got um, yes a moderation, but ultimately still strong job growth, a tightening labor market, still strong wage inflation. All of that kind of keeps uh, the Fed clearly in the direction of of hiking. We we finally kind of put in uh, seventy five for the next uh, meeting here, and now see a terminal rate of 475, which gets us in line with where the Fed at, Fed, the Fed's dots are at. And to be fair, you've just had a rash of Fed speak this week. Everyone saying, hey, we're getting to 475 to, to 5 is going to be the range we're going to be in. So, you know, on one level, you could say, oh, this is super hawkish. On another level, you could say, it seems like we're coming to a consensus. Everyone's agreeing. The market's discounting the idea that a terminal rate is going to be around 475, uh, you know, at 475. And and then once we get there, if we can generate a soft landing, that could be an important pivot point uh, from a market's perspective. And then on the other side, on the data flow side, I think the case can still be made that a soft landing is happening. Obviously, the strong payroll growth in the U.S. is uh, supports the idea of resilient, uh, uh, resilient hiring. Um, the PMIs this week globally, I think, were showing sharp moderation, uh, but uh, a service sector that maybe is doing a bit better. Those same surveys did show hiring is holding up. Um, there, you know, there are a few things in there. I, I think the thing, if you were, and you already said it, the thing that I'd be most worried about is the goods sector. Um, and yet, ironically, as we were kind of joking around, you see a good sector in recession all across the surveys, but you don't really see it in much of the data yet. Now, the data is a bit more backward looking, but does seem like there's a bit more resilience there. So all in, I would say a mixed week, but one that that keeps the world moving towards resilient growth with central banks that are still hiking. Yeah, I think the issue around the Fed, which I would probably be less sanguine than than the way you described it, is that you know, they're going to see I think next week, some decent signs of inflation cooling in the good space uh, with the CPI report. But I think what the labor market report does today is it makes it very hard for them to prove any sensitivity to that. Uh, and that's not a, a surprise in, in an environment in which we'd expected a good job number. Um, but I think the fall in the unemployment rate pushing the story even further away that they could get some positive supply dynamic. Uh, and then the fact that they, I think, are increasingly needing to have a, a labor market that's delivering an upward trajectory on the unemployment rate. I think the concern is um, 
that they actually can't stop until they go too far. That's really the concern I think you have here is that they can't stop with enough foresight in terms of letting lags work um, to let this thing deliver that kind of soft landing. That's the, that's the concern, whether 475 is the level that goes over the top or not. Um, right, but I mean, you could, I, I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't disagree that that is a, a legit concern and, and today's report reinforces that concern. But, you know, if if what I'm talking about, you know, is in terms of what's discounted is a hundred and what, 150 basis points of hiking, uh, we could be in a very different world by the time they get there. And we could see the types of adjustments that you need to see. And as you pointed out, we're going to start to see some adjustments on the inflation side of things. I think I, I'm going to push you again on what I we ended last week on. And I, I, there's an element of what you're saying that I guess, I mean, I'll just be provocative and say confuses me a little bit because if inflation is coming down, but the labor market is still generating strong job growth and a tight labor market, but those wages aren't passing into pricing. I mean, boy, I mean, just even from a political optics point of view, if the Fed's out there saying, hey, we know inflation's coming down, but we don't want wages to go up. We want the unemployment rate to go up. We know inflation's not down. We know our remit is inflation, but we just don't want the, you know, to see those wage increases. I mean, that that's just well, seems uh, like a weird, a weird there's two, there's two things here, I think, to, to say. One is uh, it is about how much inflation comes down. And obviously, if we were sitting here in the next three or six months and we were feeling like core numbers were going to print point one, uh, that would be a very, I think, advantageous position for the Fed to to think differently. But if we're talking about numbers that might settle like point three, which is where I would kind of be. Uh, that's not coming down enough, and that's still giving the Fed every reason to be talking about and worrying about elevated inflation. Um, I think the the problem with that picture, and given the way that the Fed has looked at the world, which I think is appropriate, is that what they're basically saying is that they can't consider a pause until they've gotten to the point that they've got the unemployment rate on an upward trajectory. Now that could very well um, take time and 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 push you to a point that you uh, tighten while you're not paying mind to the to the lags. The second point I would make here is that um, you know you're you're talking about a Fed that is going to be um, politically vulnerable because it's um, trying to hurt the labor market, um, and I think the bigger concern I have right now. Uh, is that the way the Fed is looking at the political calculus is that it's suggesting that uh, when inflation is elevated and they cause a recession, they're far less vulnerable to political flack than if uh, they continue to allow a tight labor market and inflation to stay high. So that their bias in this environment is actually shifted from, if you remember the way we've been talking about it in the in the past as a New Testament Fed that wants to be forgiving of our sins, that their their biases here are saying, hey, you know, we're much more vulnerable if we um, don't bring inflation down. Uh, we're much less vulnerable in this environment where we've had a significant inflation overshoot uh, if we actually uh, overshoot on the growth side and cause a recession. You're saying so, judgment you know, day the, is coming? The, what? Judgment day is coming? 
Well, yeah, Judgment Day may, has already come, uh, perhaps. But um, to me, that's the concern here. And I think it's the, the reason to look at uh, today's report with concern, because it pushes the Fed further into that corner of not being able to, um, to relax until it's seen uh, job growth. It doesn't get that, that outcome of, a, of an easier labor market with the supply side. Um, and it's not going to get enough relief. You know, you're right to point out if it did get enough relief on inflation, it might be able to change its tune. But if you look at our forecast next week, the good. I, I think if you get, if you fast forward three months from now, as I said, we've got, you know, 150 basis points of hike still coming, and that's what's discounted in the market. So if we got that, you know, presumably, that's where we're at. The markets would be okay with that. Um, then. You know, that three months around inflation could be down. You could, and you may not have to generate as much pain as what, what you're worried about. Um, so I, I guess it's hard to sit here and say that what we're learning this week is kind of pushing them into that corner. If anything, you could say we're kind of getting what, what we're well, there's expecting. Two, there's two things here we don't know. One is um, how far the Fed has to go uh, in order to get the labor market to ease. And that obviously poses the risk they have to go further than what they're they're guiding us right now. And the other thing is we don't really know what's in the oven in terms of how far the tightening, you know, we're talking about them tightening close to a 5% policy rate. That's a lot of tightening in a short period of time. Uh, it has been um, very common for those kinds of moves to create some significant stress uh, well, not, I was, not, yeah, not, I was going to come even, back uh, to that point. I mean, the lags the is lags. a real issue, right? Lags what? are lags are a real issue here, and and that's another yeah. reason why maybe the Fed should consider kind of pausing to see. No, I mean, not pausing now. I think, that's, I think that's right. I just don't think they're in a position to do that until they've established a trajectory where the unemployment rate is rising. I think that's the crux of the problem right now is they don't have the luxury of being patient because inflation is so high uh, and because it's likely to stay elevated. That's, that's I think, the underlying problem we have. I don't think the Fed necessarily wants to cause a recession right now, but I feel, A, that they're, they're more inclined to take that risk than I certainly thought they might be three or four months ago, and B, the way that they're kind of using a reaction function, which is more reactive than uh, uh, proactive thinking about uh, lags. They're more inclined to make a mistake here. I'm um, so I mean to put all this to put all this together. I I would say my concern is less that the Fed um, over you know hikes beyond much more beyond our forecast. My concern is more that what we've already done that we haven't seen the lagged effects of that yet, and that kind of tips us into a recession. Let me, let me ask you on that point. Let's just condition on not going into some type of near-term recession because of the various supply shocks we've we faced over the course of this year, uh, but largely driven by monetary policy. We've had the odds of a recession because of that at around 60%, you and I. Um, and I, I'm wondering if, uh, recession odds sometime over 23-24, remember. Yeah, that's. let's be careful. Time is a Does, does the news here. this week kind of change that number in your mind at all, or is it uh, still, uh, does it nudge it up? I think it's, it's um, 
I think two things have happened here. One is I feel the Fed's resolve and the, what the Fed needs to do to get the uh, labor market to ease has uh, gone up, and that by itself would create higher recession risks. And you might want to throw in a tinge of um, some more uh, risk of financial stress in the system. So I'd say that pushes it up. I think the other thing that I, I do believe you get in the data is a greater sense of underlying resiliency, which may not change the the outcome, but may mean that the time frame at which it hits may take a little bit longer. So on net, um, I think the risks of recession 23, 24 have gone up uh, modestly, uh, but the risks that they happen earlier have gone down relative to happen later in that time frame. So um, with that, um, Talk to me, you know, just for a couple of minutes here about how I read what's happening in Asia, because to me, that's the region which I have the most trouble uh, understanding at this point. Um, and Asia oftentimes is a barometer for what's going to happen in the global business cycle. Obviously, there's lots of different dynamics in Europe, but let's leave that for this conversation. Just, you know, your read on on Asia right now. Uh, you know, I mean, I think it's a it's a soft part in the outlook. Um, I think, you know, certainly if you look at the, the surveys out of there, they were pretty, pretty disappointing. And, I, and that includes China. Um, even the surveys in Japan, I think, were, were disappointing. Um, and that's consistent with a good sector that, as we said a couple times already, we think we're going to be going through a good, a good sector recession, if you, if we can call it that. <laughs> um, and you know, I, it's we've seen some softening in the in the goods demand. Uh, we think businesses kind of maybe started to get a little ahead of their skis on inventories, and so we're not surprised uh, in terms of the flow of inventories. Uh, and you know, we wouldn't be surprised to see a correction there, and the surveys are consistent with that. Uh, I guess it's you know we've been a little surprised on some of the hard data Japan uh, is doing a bit better you know the auto sector is certainly uh, helping Japan although you would say Korea should be supported by that and yet the Korean data is quite weak um, I mean there's a lot of kind of humming and hawing around all the various data releases I, I'll start I'll end with where I started which is I think on net it's 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 a weak spot our China team is um, maybe trying to flag more balance risks. I, I guess I don't really feel that way. Um, I, I kind of feel the COVID is still a concern, although you, you can point to some of the cases coming down. I don't think they've gotten out of that trap. Um, and I think the property sector is still a is, is still a real concern there as well. And so when you combine that with the global tightening global uh, tightening of global financial conditions, the the kind of soft global backdrop for the goods sector, um, it's hard to not look at the region where we have things kind of settling around a trend like pace that the risks aren't a little bit to the downside there. Okay, we'll leave it there. I'll, I I recognize we haven't talked about OPEC Brazil. <laughs> European uh, policy and the whole bunch. The of UK, the, the UK reached you retract. All right, let's uh, but let's leave it there for the time being. Um, so thanks everybody for listening, and um, hope we can continue the conversation next week on JP Morgan TV.